Good morning and welcome to the Social Collective's podcast. I think we're on episode 27 today. Woo-hoo. We have a super special guest with us today. We have Colleen D. Tiberius Shoemaker. What up? We all know Colleen. And if you don't, then you need to start following her on her podcast, Finding the Fantastic. I've known Colleen since Net 2.0. Yeah. So Net 2.0 is classic. I feel like we're Mm -hmm. OG. OG. Facts. Yeah. It's like seven years. I was at the coffee in Tyson's yesterday and Monica, who used to own signatures. Yeah. Yep. She was there. And then some other person who I wasn't a hundred percent sure he was there, uh-huh. but they all knew, they all knew me I from think Net 2.0. Uh, I love it. Greg Armfield. No, or- not Greg Armfield. Yes, him too. But it was James, somebody else. Hmm. Anyway, so all Net 2.0 people. Love it. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so crazy. It's like a, a time warp. <laughs> but anyway, so Colleen used to host our Net 2.0 mm-hmm. meetings for like the last probably year mm-hmm. that we were meeting. And it was just a neat little group that was created by Melody. Yep. Melody Ferry. And who has since moved to Texas, but she was really kind of our guru who brought us all together and got us started on networking with each other. Yeah. This is absolutely every Monday at yeah. 9 a.m. Every Monday at was 9 a.m. Was that the Ashburn location? Yes. Yep. And then it like expanded. And then it expanded. Everywhere. Yeah. That was, I was still working my full time, but my husband started with Net 2.0. Nice. See, look at that. Like almost legit seven years ago. Everybody. Oh it's like everybody I talk to starts with Net 2.0. Yeah. Time's flying, man. It was so crazy. And it actually was such a great segue for me from being a stay-at-home mom to networking in Loudoun County because I had no idea what I was doing. And <laughs> do any of us have any idea what we're doing? I still have no idea what I'm doing. You absolutely know what you're doing. I don't know what I'm doing right now. Yeah, I'm just trying to survive. So we're also here with Leslie Racinas Lobos. Hello. With local SEO. Let and you do yours. Woo! Oh, oh yeah. wait. I'm, I'm giving my, my the hands to myself. We gotta give we gotta give the duck to Aaron. So Aaron Sefchik with Bakta Rock. <laughs> yes, the doc. I love the doc. So today we were so happy when Colleen said she could make it. And I, I'm sure everybody already knows this, especially the people who are event planners, who are scheduling speakers at their different networking meetings and events. One of my favorite speakers in this Nova region is Colleen. Oh, thanks, so Colleen buddy. takes the stage. She's dominant force. She grabs your attention and she pushes a really wonderful message into your brain. <laughs> and and you just leave feeling great. So can you tell us a little bit about what brought you into speaking? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, depression, boom. Like being depressed, I have waves of depression and just like- an idea of like pointlessness towards my life. I think the majority of human beings feel this, right? It's, that's the struggle. Like, it's hard to be like, no, I'm a rock star. Like you are a rock star, (laughs) but it's hard to like continue with that concept. So I started my podcast and I call it a social movement, right? Because it's not a business. It's not this or that. It's, but it's a social movement to prove to people how valuable they are. And really it's selfish. I wanted to prove to myself that I had value. So I started talking I started talking about what I was feeling and how I felt broken and how I felt pointless and talking about suicide and self-harm and all these things like people shudder if I say those words, but it is super important for us to talk about those words. And what I realized was that I'm not the expert in solving any of these problems. So hear me now, if you're coming to me for me to help solve your problems, I'm not your girl, I'm not a psychiatrist or a therapist. 
But what I found was people were so desperate to have somebody with the courage to say it exists out loud. I am depressed. I self-harm. I struggle with drug addiction. I struggle with alcoholism. I struggle with suicidal thoughts. People needed to hear what they were going through out loud. And it wasn't that I struggled with all those things, but I brought all those things up. So I went out and I started speaking to people about it. And we were talking prior to like what my motivation is. Like, how do I, how do I prepare speaking to a group of people? And I'm jaded because quite frankly, when I was super depressed, I hated motivational speakers because if they told me to like meditate or go for a seven mile run one more time, I was like, that's not what I need. <laughs> like, I need to know why I matter. And you're not telling me why I matter. And so what I found was when, it, when I go out to speak to people, I focus on one person because I know when I listen to motivational speakers, I'm jaded. Like you have to win me over. Like when I listen to you off the bat, my doors are closed. Like I don't trust you. I don't know what you're trying to sell if you're trying to sell anything, right? Mm -hmm. But my doors are closed. So I know when I go to speak that I need to be the most humble person there and that it's a privilege that I get to be up on stage and talk. And so when I prepare, I think about the one person in the room, the one person in the room who is broken and they just, they, they, the only energy they had today was showing up to this room. And it's, it's quite a privilege to be a public speaker because I get to talk to that person and maybe help that person feel really, really valuable through words. And words are dangerous, okay? Yeah. It's hard with your mouth. Let me tell you what, this girl runs her mouth right here, okay? <laughs> but every time I go and prepare to speak, that's what I think about, the one person. I don't know about you guys, but I just, that's always helped me because like I said, I'm really jaded. Like I'm jaded. It's hard with motivational speakers. I feel like we're all a little bit jaded. I mean, that hashtag hang in there cat poster, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I'm like, dude, I'm literally fingertips on the edge yeah. and I'm overweight, okay? I am sinking. Somebody grab me a little bit. Yup, yup, yup. <laughs> yeah, that hashtag hang in there isn't really helping. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I'm hanging in there best I can. Like everybody else is like, I'm hanging in there best I can. You know, like my big thing right now is like peace. Like I used to think hashtag hustle culture, like mm -hmm. hustle, do the thing, be like everybody else or be better than everybody else, right? Authenticity, I love that word and I hate that word because everybody overuses the word authenticity. Um, and it's hard to be truly authentic because in order to be truly authentic, you have to literally go against what society is saying. Mm -hmm. And society is saying you should go against what society is saying because authenticity is trending and cool. And then all of a sudden you realize <laughs> that you're not being authentic to yourself. So it's tough. To like, it's really tough. Sometimes you sound like I find myself saying things I'm like, wow, that sounded so cliche yeah. or wow, that sounded contrived. Yeah. And it's really hard. Mm -hmm. It is hard. hard. But I think at the end of the day, if you like, look at what you said and if it made you feel better, if it made you ultimately you, not anybody else, not social media made you right. feel better then you're being authentic. Right. And I think you have to be so careful too, because especially when you're a public speaker or you have a platform, mm -hmm. you know, you're casting a wide net. Mm -hmm. So for you, you're casting this wide net of words mm -hmm. across the audience and your focus is catching the attention of that one person and benefiting them in some way. Yeah. But you have to be very careful because you're casting a wide net with your words. So what are you saying? Like, what are you leaving? Who are you helping? Who are you hurting? You know, like- yeah. It goes both ways. Yeah. So with this platform, I love that you use your platform to focus on the minority, mm -hmm. focus on, and, and honestly, when you say that 
you look for that one broken person, and I said minority, but it might be majority. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Because honestly, everybody I talk to, yeah, you know, we're all struggling. It's, it's just, uh, it's, and it's on the rise. I mean, COVID didn't help anything. And I, I hate to say it, but like, yes, suicide's going to go up. And I'm not sitting here trying to be like the bearer of bad news. I'm sitting here saying, okay, do you guys know that every... Every animal in the animal kingdom is born with the ability to do the one thing that will keep it alive in the wild. Mm -hmm. So giraffes are born with the ability to pop out of the womb and take off in a sprint so they can run from predators. They're born with that. Any guess at what humans are born with the ability to do to keep us alive? No No. guesses? None? None? Um, Alcohol? (laughs) (laughs) Close, but no. We're born with the ability to cry for help. Wow. Really? Think about it. You're right. Babies are born with the ability to cry for help. And they're born with the ability to communicate crying for help. You know when your kid is hungry, sleepy, happy, they can change that cry to help them get what they need. Right. But in society, we have taken that innate ability and turned it into a terrible thing. My gosh, that's so true. How dare you ask for help? How dare you cry for help? Or, yeah, sure, cry out for help, but I'm going to talk about you behind your back that you needed my help. Right. Right? Like, I'm going to say, oh, my God, Colleen needed help. She needed help with her podcast, or she needed help because she's depressed. Like, you probably don't want to talk to Colleen or listen to her mm-hmm. podcast because she's depressed. She struggled mm-hmm. with self-harm. But you know what? That's our innate ability. I messaged Colleen the other day, and it felt like I was five years old. I was like, help me. Help. Um, <laughs> help me, Diddy. Help me, I was like, that was so pathetic. But no, it wasn't. I was uh-uh. like, nope. And you know what you were saying earlier about the humans being born with this innate ability and it's crying. Mm-hmm. So this is like off the top of my head, but um, so our, our families are our ecosystem mm-hmm. because then if the giraffe comes right out and is running mm-hmm. into the wild, like that's its ecosystem, right? It goes mm-hmm. straight off into that and it counts on its physical ability to survive with the whales, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. With the whales drowning because they didn't come up for air, Yep. right? That's their thing. They, they float up to the top, they get some mm-hmm. air, and then they go back down. For humans, we cry. Mm-hmm. But if, if we don't have people respond, Bingo. then we have no air. Bingo. And we have no strong legs to run. Mm-hmm. Like, our ecosystem is each other. Correct. And that's why it's like... Uh, if you got to watch who you surround yourself around, you got to be really careful. Yep. And you know how like in business, they're like, yeah, who's your tribe? Who's your tribe of 10, right? And again, I hate the cliche stuff, but the reality is if your base innate thing is to cry for help when you need it, you have to have somebody to cry to. And your cry to has to be a safe space. The majority of our work as human beings should be creating a tribe of people who we can cry to. Mm-hmm. But instead, it's about creating masses of people who adore us. Mm-hmm. I don't want somebody who adores me. Mm-hmm. I want somebody who loves me. And what I say by that is love is the most overstated and underacted upon word in human society. Because love costs the person something. A lot of people think love, oh, I love you. You know, I just love this person. No, if you truly love that person, it means you're willing to give up something to love them. Love is sacrifice. Correct. So for me, I would rather have somebody who deeply knows me, Mm -hmm. knows me well enough to understand what I, what I need and what I mean. Yep. 
So if I if I need something, they get it. Yep. They're there for it, mm-hmm. right? So my cry is heard, mm-hmm. okay? Not somebody just blowing sunshine up your ass all the time. Correct. 100%. Well, and think about it too. If I really love you, let's just use you and me. Uh If I really love you and you shoot me a text message, hey, help. Let's just say you shot me. How much do I love you if I'm in the middle of something? Am I going to put it down and answer that call? Do I know you enough to know when it's a joke, when it's mediocre, or when it's serious, Right. right? Also, do I love you enough to look at you and go, no, you were an asshole? Yeah. Do I love you enough to be willing to stand up to you Tell you when I think you were wrong and risk the relationship because I love you that much. Right. That's, that's the love. And I think it also speaks to who we are. Mm-hmm. You know, like the tribe that I want to surround myself with is honest, is authentic, mm-hmm. and really wants to build their own character. Yeah. So isn't going to cross over their own personal boundaries to make me feel good. Correct. Like, I want to be friends with you. Correct. Like, your best self, mm-hmm. not your best version for me. Correct. Yes, that is 100% true. And that's where it it takes a lot of self-work that we don't focus on self-work, right? Right. We don't focus on helping ourselves. We focus on helping our careers, helping ourselves enough to be like what society says is a checkbox, which is why we have a society of just sad, broken people. Right. And I'm not sitting here, if you're listening, I'm not, I'm not blaming you for your depression or your sadness. I have waves of depression. And I recently, so I, I plummeted into depression in 2020 with COVID. You don't know what's happening. You plummet, you don't know what's happening, and then you arrive. And for two years, it was heavy waved depression. Only way I know how to like describe it is just like this fog that was just over me and just kept zapping energy out of me. Mm -hmm. Well, they kept trying to fight against it. Do this, do that, work harder, hustle harder, do this, work out. But the reality is the real self-work was sitting in it and just surviving it, sitting in it at a peace. And that was harder than trying to work harder. Because I was working right. on me. So self-work is so important to our survival. Boundaries are so important to our survival. And we don't focus on that enough. Like we think self, self-care self is going like and getting a massage. Mm-hmm. Right. Ain't nothing wrong with getting a massage. I love massages. That's not self-work. Like when we say, do you love yourself? When I ask you, do you love yourself? I don't mean like, oh, I think I'm pretty. I've got nice hair. No, I mean, do you love yourself to look at yourself and call out your flaws and then work on those flaws? Do you love yourself enough to go, I need to practice breathing, which, oh my God, if we have time, we have to talk about breathing. I'm I learning. Tried that. I tried that. <laughs> Did you try it? Yeah. Okay, before, okay, we're going to go right into it. Rabbit holing. I have discovered how important breathing is and how much we have not been breathing right. If you're a mouth breather, yeah, girl. <laughs> It's true. Okay. Listen, I'm a mouth breather and I had no idea how bad it is for us to be mouth breathers. Yeah, nose, bad. you're only supposed to breathe through your nose. Right. So I'm practicing this. Right. I know. Right. I have a deviated septum. Yeah. So. Well, no, but, but I'm serious. But did you know practicing breathing through your nose every day will help with that? I had no, no idea. I went out, I went out for a 10 minute walk. This, this doc, this, this doctor book person, man, whatever he is, he wrote a book publisher. I don't know what it's called. He was like, go out for a walk. And only breathe through your nose and you'll be able to tell if you're breathing the right way. And I'm like, piece of cake, man. I'm gonna go out there and do this thing. No problem. I mean, I'm out of shape. So I'm gonna be a little huffy. But (laughs) for the first two minutes, I was choking out. Like hardcore, like choking out. I'm gonna- It's almost like you forget to breathe, right? Correct. I'm like- And I'm like, why why the hell can't I just sniff in and sniff out repeatedly? (laughs) It's because I'm a mouth breather. And then like, I thought through it for myself and like, it's just really helped me with my walk. So like, 
do that. It's cool. But let's just okay. So we're being authentic. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna picture this. Um, oh, it's, picture it's, it. It's ugly. It is ugly. I had a lot of snot flying out of my nose. Like a lot of snot. Take a towel with you. Like it was all over the place. But that, that's good. I said, get all that out of you. Well, it was in there. Now it's out. So. Now it's out. Now it's out and I'm breathing. Well, oh. that's because your, your passages were clogged. They didn't need to be used. They weren't being used. <laughs> they were blocked up. They've been blocked up for years. Okay. Okay, back to the yeah, back on track. We're all ADD at this table. Yeah, yep. squirrel, squirrel. Okay, <laughs> duck. Um, but I want to get back to speaking. Yeah. So we are going to be in the works talking about a collective conference and probably 2024 because we want to make sure it's super awesome. And we definitely want to have Colleen at this conference to be one of our speakers. Oh, thank you. But. When I was thinking about speakers, I was like, oh, who do we know, you know, that we want to support locally? Who do we know outside of this locality that we'd like to bring in also? Because we want to look at, at that also. But locally, I was like, man, that just don't, there aren't that many public speakers. That mm-hmm. when, when mentally, when I go to that, mm-hmm. there's like maybe four people mm-hmm. that I think about. And you're the top Aww, person that thanks, I think about. buddies. No, seriously, I've seen... I've, and I'm not a lot of people blow my hair back. Mm-hmm. I'm maybe I'm just a pain in the ass, but I, no. I don't feel impressed or moved in many ways by a lot of people. And you definitely do that. Well, thank you. It's hard. Like it is hard. My, my dad used to always say to football commentators, man, it's hard making money with your mouth. Right. <laughs> um, but, uh, I'm not going to say anything. I know. I, should, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the same I'm glad you were too. <laughs> but ladies, ladies, ladies. Um, that's how I pay the rent. <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> okay, we got one out. We got one out. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, no. Back to business. To be, it's hard being a motivational speaker. It's hard because like in order to, like you can have one or two or three bomb diggity speeches. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. You can be a writer, an amazing writer, right? And have somebody, you know, write something for someone and they can speak it. But it's I don't know, it's not the words, it's the intention behind it, it's the purpose and the goal behind it when you're a public speaker. And right. I just it's really hard because I think we're also we're also broken. Like I hate to say I have it easy. I have it easy because I have it hard. I have it easy because I have it I'm broken. Right. And I, I'm just trying to survive. That's why I tell everybody I'm not an expert in any sense of the imagination. Don't I'm not a therapist. I'm really not. And I think I just want people to know they're not alone. You I know, feel like right. when you say you're broken, it's like so. So for you, you're, you're saying people are broken. You're broken. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. When people look at you. Mm-hmm. Right. That's not what they see. Really? Yeah. Um, Shocked. I don't see that at all. I know you well enough to know that's true. Yeah. But. I don't see that. So I think it's really important that we do talk about it because being vulnerable like that is not something I'm super comfortable with. Yeah. You know, I was on a panel discussion recently and I was asked some stuff, you know, questions where I did not bring up anything previous to Loudoun County, Uh you know, because I was not comfortable speaking about that Mm -hmm. to a group of strangers. Mm Mm-hmm. It's intimate. It's personal. Yeah. And bits and pieces come out randomly. Yeah. But you as a public speaker do bring that up. Yes. I mean, I think talking about it 
is something we have to focus on mm-hmm. because we don't look broken. That's a really great point. You know, I'm, I'm actually really glad as a friend, like you said that to me, because I feel like I talk about it so much that I just would have like assumed people would have recognized that in me. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, that's really cool that you said that because it shows me that I need to talk about it more. You know what I mean? And I'm not doing yeah. it to throw it in anybody's face. There is no competition between brokenness. Oh, okay. I listened to a motivational speaker recently. I won't say where or who. Um, but uh, that was like a month ago. And the guy got up there and he basically said to 500 people, he said, I'm tired of your bad days. And we're, we're like listening. He's like, I talked to a vet who went through uh, uh, an explosion and lost both arms. And he looked up at us and said, now that's a bad day. And the guy looked at us, he goes, so don't give me all that BS with your bad days because you've not had a bad day till you get blown up with, with no two arms. And I don't want to take anything from that vet, obviously, but the reality is your bad days matter. Mm-hmm. They absolutely matter. Yeah. And unless you talk about your bad days, they're going to start to pile up. Like they're important to talk about. It is not a competition to who's more broken or who's had the worst day. Mm-hmm. What is going on in your body and your mind and your moment is important. Thank you. That is so important. I mean, let's all think about that for one minute. We have physical disabilities Mm -hmm. and then we have hidden disabilities. Yep. And it is very difficult for people with hidden disabilities or hidden. We all have that trauma, that issue, that struggle, whatever. Yeah. That isn't seen. And those are super hard. Yep. Because people don't understand why you are like that. Yep. Why you're triggered by that why this is so important to you. Yep. Like they don't get it. Yeah, and some people just, you know, some people have had trauma and things happen and they're not comfortable bringing it up. I know a situation where, um, and I'm going to use the R word. So just, you know, trigger warning. I know a situation where we were in a, a room full of people. It was just a casual hanging out. And this person started to bring up a time where they were sexually assaulted. They were not raped, but they were sexually assaulted in a different way. And we're just making a big deal out of it and like really, really talking about it and doing it in a competitive way to kind of make said person feel better about themselves, which is fine. If that's how you deal with that, that's fine. But didn't realize that there was somebody else in the room who had been raped, you know? And it's just, I am not saying that it's not okay to talk about it. I'm not saying it's not okay to not talk about it. I'm saying we need to be aware that everybody's got their stuff. Well, statistically, even speaking, one in three women has been raped. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's typically by somebody you know. Mm -hmm. And that's reported. That is not facts. Facts are more like three quarters of all the women on the earth have been sexually assaulted. And why are so many women and girls, as I hate to say, scared to say it? Right? What are we doing in our society? Think about it. Like, really, where have we come from? Mm-hmm. We're only now on the at the point in history in time where we can talk about it. Yeah. You know how you said competitively broken, mm-hmm. right? That's a new thing. Yeah. Which because is sad. Before it was the opposite. Yeah. Competitively not broken. Mm-hmm. So it's a weird dynamic mm-hmm. to even hear something like that. Mm-hmm. But but we're only now at this point where we can talk about things. Without being judged. Yeah, right. which is which is just sad, which is why it goes yeah. back to like the importance of your tribe. And like somebody told me once that you, you, you have a person in your life for a lifetime, a short moment, or like just an acquaintance, right? Mm-hmm. Seasons, so, well, how's the quote go? Seasons, years, whatever. Right, right. Whatever, you guys get the point. And I didn't realize that. And I think it's important for people to realize that because like myself, I'm a very loyal person. So I think the person's going to be in my life for forever. And the reality is sometimes the people are only in my life for a season and it doesn't mean it's a bad thing. 
if I view every day and every person and every moment I get with a person as what what good is coming out of this? Like, what can I learn? Staying curious and really building a connection with the fact that that person is a human being mm-hmm. that matters so much. It's going to help me in the long run. Yeah. Instead of viewing whatever it is. Like right now we get this moment to share with each other, mm-hmm. to talk and to really mm-hmm. be open. I get to learn about you all. And that's a beautiful thing. And I think we need to do more of that. So important. That's such a great mindset because even with your enemies, like even mm-hmm. with people who have hurt you, that is on the, that is within the seasons of, yep, it's a seasonal things, thing. Yep. You know, like, so it doesn't have to be a completely bad thing Mm-mm. or a completely good thing. It's not going to be, but you can take good from it. Correct. And it's, you just got to realize that's part of it. Like, you know how uh, people, people, have you guys heard of toxic positivity? I feel oh, like I don't, I don't understand I that. Yeah. Oh, toxic positivity gets me going, <laughs> man. So toxic positivity is this notion that anything negative is inherently bad for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anything to do negative. So when things go bad, it is your responsibility as a human being to be overtly positive to change the situation. Right. And instead of being authentically true in your emotions, all of a sudden you are the sunshine and roses all the time. Everything's great. Oh, you know what? I had a bad day, but I'm going to make cookies. I right. had a bad day, but it's okay. That's actually incredibly unhealthy. I feel like that's a 50s mentality. It is. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but it is so unhealthy because our negative emotions are beautiful. If there weren't rainy days, we'd never have flowers. It is so important for us to learn how to feel bad emotions, negative emotions. It's like, you know, when you put your hand on an oven, that's hot. It hurt. That's a bad thing, but it's a beautiful thing. Well, it's like your shadow. Yeah. So it's like doing that shadow work, you know, the, the worst, deepest, most sinister, disgusting part of you. Like we all have that. Yeah. We all have that part of us that is something we would never share Mm -hmm. because we have these thoughts or we have these feelings and we have reactions to things and perceptions that are sinister in some Mm -hmm. way. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So we think we're the only ones, but we're not. We all have that weird thing in us. We all have that weird thing. And it's something you have to integrate. You do. So that's shadow work. Like you have to be aware of it, recognize it, allow it to exist. And then have control over it. But I also feel like sometimes people are afraid to speak about their feelings. And the only reason why I'm bringing this up because this just literally popped into my head. So about six months ago, I was feeling pretty down. And I'm like, you know, I look at my life. I'm like, I've got a loving husband. You know, he's my best friend, my partner. I've got two kids. I mean, yes, they annoy the shit out of me, but (laughs) I love them. They're perfect in every way. I've got a beautiful home, you know, the car that I want, a business. I mean, my life is great. Why do I feel sad? What is missing? Mm -hmm. And I I mentioned it to someone and automatically they made me feel guilty for feeling sad. So it's kind of like, I wish I had your life. You know, I've got to go to work and, you know, you go to lunches and, and so it's, it's almost like, well, my life is harder than yours. So People are afraid yep. to talk because now people feel guilty. You, they're yeah. like the competitive. Right. And it's like, no, I, I shouldn't be sad. She's right. I'm being ungrateful. And, it's, and, and it took me a while to realize that I am allowed to have bad days. I am allowed to feel sad. And I'm still trying to figure out that missing part that's going to, you know, you know, boost me up or whatever I need. But 
it, it's it, no, it was like really you, hard to hear so, that from somebody you you love, right? Someone uh -huh. that's close to you. If I can tell you, she's wrong. She's one hundred percent wrong, and you have every right to feel sad. Don't don't start when you feel sad. The worst thing you can do is start lining up all the good things in your life. That's not what right. it's about. Sadness is beautiful. Anger is beautiful. It's what makes us human. If we didn't have it, we'd never have good days. If you didn't have sad days, you would not have a list of things to appreciate. Right. They're important. Mm -hmm. And to anybody out there who's thinking, oh man, I've got all these blessings in my life, but I still feel depressed or sad. There's a reason. Your body's telling you something, right? Figure out why. Or bare minimum, you need to sit in the sadness. People take the competition, they take the toxic positivity yep. and they go, I'm going to fight through this. When the reality is just like Christopher Robin used to do when he was sad, you just need to go cuddle up to Eeyore <laughs> because it's important. Eeyore is important. Yep. Yeah. And think about this. So I'm a fire person. I'm a fire personality. Love bonfires, love the mountains. Yeah, love I do too. Fire. I do too. So fire is destructive, right? But it's also productive. Like yep. without fire, we couldn't do a lot of things like purify mm -hmm. water and cook. Anger, let's use it as fire. That's sadness, disappointment, whatever you want it to be. It's super useful. Yep. And I don't think we should push that away. I think we need to feel our feelings. Like, exactly. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'll take like a whole week and just be like, I see, and it's true. It's true because like enough, a lot of people just need to stop and give up the day. Right. And you're not giving up the day. You're, you're moving into the sadness. Like sometimes you're going to have to bleep this, but sometimes you need to say it and you just need to go home because your body is screaming. And how do we know that your body's not knowing you're about to get sick? Right. And you're sad because you're sick. Colleen, right? I will leave like I stole something. I will leave. <laughs> as soon as my little signal says, I got to go, I go. Good for you. I'm yes. bad at that. I'm bad at that because I think I'm supposed, I lean into the toxic positivity. I do too. Because I think I'm supposed to be. Yep. And I'm learning. That's where I'm talking a lot about peace these days. Right. I will never know peace if I keep looking for positivity. And the other thing is, so you were, you were sad for like, so we lost touch for a little bit. Yeah. And one of the things that I'm super guilty of is, I think we, a lot of people are, is not reaching out. So it's like, oh, they must not like me anymore. Mm -hmm. They, yeah. you know, whatever you, you, you read into it on a negative perspective. Yeah. We don't really reach out thinking, hey, that person might need my help. That yeah. person might need me to say hello, you know? And the great thing is like, you know, Colleen and I like text each other every morning now, um, you know, Hey, superstar, yep. you know, yep. like whatever, because that's a learning, that's a learning situation, mm -hmm. right. like how to. And growing do. from it, yeah. you know, and, and I don't think anybody either should have to take the responsibility of checking in. Right. I think if we're doing the self work that we're supposed to be doing, we're going to naturally come to the place where we reconnect or we do check in. Right. So like that happened with us. Like I was going through it for two years, right. Trying to figure stuff out. And it's not that we had a fallout. We just didn't, we didn't reach out to each right. other, mm -hmm. but now I'm coming too. And you know, Hey, let's, let's go hang out. You know, we spend hours together just having a blast. Right. But it's not your responsibility to go help someone until you can help yourself. You can't be a safe space to somebody yeah. until you can be a safe space to, Dude, for yourself. That's such yeah. a good point because like, I feel like right now there's something weird, right? Mm -hmm. Like we all felt that might've been last year that we felt it, but I felt like there was like 
I don't know if Mercury was in retrograde. I don't know, girl. They're doing something. all the things. <laughs> but like something happened in the universe and everybody was just down. Yeah. Yeah. But like what you just said, like you can't reach out if you aren't okay. Correct. I feel like people aren't really reaching out because people aren't really okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like that might be it too. Well, and that's why the self-work is so important. The calling for help, right? Mm-hmm. Like you... I talk to a lot of people who have struggled with friends or family members who've committed suicide and their, their first thing is like, well, I should have been there. I should have been more supportive. I should have done that. And the reality is, no, you did everything you could. You did everything you could and were allowed to do. You cannot take that blame for yourself. We have to go back to our one unique ability. We have to start calling for help. And sometimes you're going to call for help to the wrong people. Mm-hmm. Don't beat yourself up over it and do not lose your hope because hope is another thing as a society we're losing. Like even me, when I go to listen to speakers and I have a, a shield up because I've lost hope, I've, mm-hmm. I haven't had hope. Hope floats my friends, right? And as soon as we give up on it, what are we going to do as a society? But as soon as I have hope, that hope is going to float to you and to you and to you and it's going to make it happen. So don't, don't beat yourself up if you cry for help to the wrong person and you cried for help. That's the success. And then go cry for help for someone else. You're going to get burnt. We're going to get burnt again. Everybody in this room is going to be hurt by somebody who they think is a friend. Right. Learn from it, but don't let them ruin your hope. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We were just it's talking deep. about this. Yeah. You know, I, I've wondered sometimes about people in the networking industry. Oh yeah, girl. <laughs> <laughs> um, why are they so hard? Mm-hmm. Like they definitely weren't born that way. No. You know what I mean? Like that was a process of getting screwed over. Yep. Like Correct. It was a process of getting screwed over. Their walls are up. They're yep. hard. Yep. Right. Yep. They look hard. Yeah. Their hope was stolen. Their hope was stolen. So I look at them and I think that is not my end game. Nope. I do not want to be that person. Yep. Also feel bad for them. Yeah. But I won't be them. Yeah. So I always just try to, I, take my time, but I let it go and I open up again Yeah, because I would rather get screwed over than be a brick wall. Correct. Yeah. And it, that's really, really hard for some people, like really hard. Everyone's like, well, I, you know, I'll forgive, but I won't forget. And that's fine. But the reality is hope floats and hope is a beautiful, beautiful thing that our society desperately needs. They need hope in something, in someone. Dude, the kids. Yeah. They need hope. And if we're shut down as, you know, the adults, how are kids supposed to Hope floats, meaning you can feel that shit. Right. Hope floats. They feel it as a parent or an adult when you're hopeless and when you're shut off. And so how are your kids supposed to hope, right? Well, everybody feels your your energy too. Yep. So, you know, when you walk into a room, you got to, especially with your kids, you got to drop that crazy energy and bring it for your kids. As a parent... It's hard yeah, because you can't bring that to your family. Yeah, I mean, you've got to let it go. I don't know how police officers and soldiers and people who are doctors mm-hmm. that see this kind of stuff, paramedics, yeah, right. social workers, I don't know how they go home it's to their hard. families and drop that. And it's shut hard. it off. My right? sister's a nurse and she works in the... Uh, I'm going to blow it, but sorry, Shelby, neuro and cardio specialty unit. And so she has people who are passing, like it just is what it is. Mm-hmm. And her best friend works in the NICU and babies who are passing. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, how are you supposed to sustain? Mm-hmm. Like I said, I'm not an expert. So how are you supposed to sustain this hope and care and love? Right. And it's just, it go like everything circles back to this self work thing. We have to like 
we have to work on ourselves. We have to know that sadness is good. We have to know that we're going to have waves of depression or full out depression. We have to know we need to fight for our peace. And it seems like a lot, mm-hmm. but if you just start in some small way, it will grow rapidly mm-hmm. and rapidly. I want to say also, because I'm always looking for ways to segue back to speaking, what you're saying needs to be said. And some people might say it needs to be separate from business. No, but I don't agree. No. I don't agree because the way we do business now is not the way we did business 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. Okay. People aren't getting in suit and ties all the time and going to work. People are chilling, right? And still doing great business. Uh, And I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. Just things have evolved. They have loosened up and changed. Yeah. People are depressed. Yep. At home and at work. Yep. And I think it's important when most of your socializing is done as an adult in a work environment Correct. with your networking people Correct. that it is talked about. Yep. And I couldn't agree more because business is personal and personal is business because mm-hmm. we as adults spend like 80% of our time at whatever job we're at. And that's where uh, I gave a, a speech about bad days because uh, you go into a workplace, you should be able to say you're having a bad day. Hey, even if it was just a bad hair day. Mm-hmm. You should be able to communicate, I'm having a bad day. I'm not in the right mental headspace right now. And you should be able to say that to your your leaders, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the leader should go, okay, what do you need from me to help you do what you need to do today, but also take care of you? Mm-hmm. And that's where the disconnect is because I've talked to a lot of companies who've had me come in and speak about building a safe space for their employees to talk. Right. And I find when I talk to employees, they're too scared to share honest things with their their mm-hmm. their leadership team. Yeah. And they think the leadership doesn't care. Mm-hmm. And then you have leadership going, no, we do care. We're trying. We're investing money. We're doing this. Like, But they won't tell us where to go. Creating a safe space in the workplace is probably the single best thing you can do and spend the next five years focusing on. Let me tell you, I'll give you a testimonial to that. So I was brought up by a Southern Baptist Marine. Oh, my Oklahoma, American Indian, Bible thumping, alcohol pumping, (laughs) weightlifting, (laughs) Vietnam vet. Okay. And, um, (laughs) okay. Um, so I was raised hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? And thanks for sharing that by the way. Oh yeah. You're welcome. And so, and I'm owner of a plumbing company, Mm -hmm. right? So you have the cliche, like hard, gritty guys out there working, right? Mm -hmm. Well, company culture is hard when you don't have a brick and mortar location. Yeah. So ours is all very remote. We learned the hard way mm. that one of our, and I'm, and I'll obviously keep it very private, but yeah. we had one of our employees over the years attempt suicide. Mm, I'm sorry. And, you know, it was shocking. Yeah. You know, one of our very dear, very dear friends mm-hmm. For my, not mine, my husband's, yeah. my husband's dear, very dear friend. And it was so shocking. He did live. Good. But in the end, he put a shotgun to his face mm-hmm. and blew out the side of his face. Mm-hmm. At the last second, because he lived, he was able to say he changed his mind. Okay. So at the very last second, that's what saved him. He mm-hmm. tilted his head a little bit. Shotgun kind of went to the side. And he was able to be airlifted and saved. Mm-hmm. He was a quiet guy. Yeah. And everybody just thought, oh, that's that's his personality, mm-hmm. right? Now that he's received therapy, 
and medication and help and support much needed support from the team yeah. um, and his family that didn't know he struggled because mm-hmm. nobody ever talked about it. Yeah. He's happy. Mm. So he's recovered Aww. and he's better off now than yeah. ever in his life Yeah, because he received help he needed. Nobody knew he was that sad. Yeah. And what's wild is most companies would be like, oh, he's quiet. He's happy. It's great. You he's know? just shy. Yeah. He's just shy. Yeah. Oh, he's got no issues. He's in Broadney up. Right. Well, we were always just like, oh, he comes from a small County. Yeah. Or, right. Yeah. And thank you for yeah. sharing that, by the way. I appreciate that. Somebody out here needs to hear that. Right. Yeah. So it's um, like, even in a, 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 a trade industry. Yeah. Okay. We're all, all the same. Oh yeah. We are all human Yep. in the work environment of all sorts. This needs to be said. It yep. needs to be talked about. It should be addressed. And that's why I think for the business community <laughs> that you should be on stage speaking at all the different conferences and all the different events on this topic. Well, thank you. It's And it's, it's, it's near and dear to my heart because I know it is one of the main roots for people and how they survive life. I mean, it's just, it's so hard. And like I said, there is no clear cut process. So for my managers out there who are listening, who are like, I want to hire a consultant with a clear cut process to make sure there's a safe space in my company and have great culture. There is none. Okay. Creating a safe space in your place of employment has to be flexible. It has to be um, selfless you have to really want it and you have to realize it's going to take a bit of time. Mm-hmm. But the second you start to get it and you realize the vibe and culture of your employees, mm-hmm. it's going to click. And people are actually going to be knocking at your door to work there because you're taking care of human beings. They are not computers. They're not liabilities mm-hmm. either, right? Some companies take better care of their computers than they do of their employees. Yeah. Okay. And it breaks my heart when someone's like, you know, I'm sick, but I know I can't tell my boss this because my boss will just be mad. Look at all the memes. Yeah. Look at all the memes. If you want to know the state of the, of the workplace, look at the memes. But I also want to sit here and have people, you know, be unfair to the managers out there who are doing a really good job. So to the employees out there, you need to give your managers a chance. You need to share with them. And like I said earlier about hope, you might get burnt. But you learned something really great. And let's just, let's say it is, it is both responsibility Uh of the employee and the employer, but I'll say it falls on the employer mostly. Correct. Because going up the chain and saying, hey, I'd like to talk about my mental health or something that's happening in my family right now or my finances could put you at risk. Correct. It could. And you know, it's, and it's, it's a scary thing to go to your, to your manager and be like, I'm having, I'm having some issues at home. I don't really want to go into the details of it, but I need you to know that. I need you to know why I might be having a little different attitude the next month or so. I need you to just know it, you know, but, and and the managers need to lean into that and be like, how can I support you? Right. That's that safe space environment. That's why I'm saying there's no cut and dry process. Right. But there is a way to create a safe space. It just takes time. Right. To do it. And and managers yeah. have to be on board with doing it. I don't know if you do this or not, but do you recommend having a consultant come in to the upper level management and ownership to talk about how to implement these things? Is yes. that something? That's, I do that. I absolutely okay. do that because it's a lot of people who are managers slash leaders. And I know there's a difference, but I'm just bear with me, people. They're really good at, at the business side of things. 
Right. And, and they not a hundred percent sure how to run the human side of things. And so I come in and, you know, I whether it's a speech to leadership, a speech to the entire company, or we sit down and we work out a plan for, Hey, here's what the next couple of months is going to look like for mm-hmm. meetings. You're going to have with employees, how we're going to talk about it, how we're going to start a creating a safe space. And then you fly on your own for mm-hmm. a year. And then you let me know how it goes. You just got to start. Like I said, that's the best investment you can ever make. Should be like Colleen D. Tiberius Shoemaker, the cult of culture. The cult of culture. The cult of culture. (laughs) You know, and honestly, I can tell you it's going to go a long way just to have someone come in and speak to your employees because Mm -hmm. if you have someone come in and speak to your employees about mental health, it shows that you care in some small way because you put money down and took time out of their day away from the business to focus on their mental health. I'm going to say you should supply lunch as well. Yeah, always, you know, pizza doesn't, pizza isn't work culture, but it sure helps. Mm -hmm. People get hungry. You know, if they're hungry, they don't listen. (laughs) That's right. I am loving this. I feel like we should put together a package of like a company culture lunch and chat or something like that. I feel like I could totally do this with artists and plumbing. Mm-hmm. I think we should. Okay. So I'm going to, let's talk about that after the podcast. Yeah. Thank you. Wow. Thanks so much. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. So Miss Racinos, do we have any upcoming events? Yes. We always have events. <laughs> <laughs> we do. We have so many sometimes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, you guys, what? <laughs> I know, right? Well, our first next up event is our young professionals which i'm super super excited for how long have we been talking about this well um i believe we've been talking about it for maybe a year right but now um that you've taken the lead on it it's actually happening i can't believe it's (laughs) finally leslie's our leader for the young professionals for the collectives and i think after this event she might be looking to build a team love it yeah It'll be, it's, it's super exciting. So March 23rd at Lost Rhino in Ashburn, it's going to be from about 5.30 to 7.30. Just make sure to come prepared, business cards, and just get ready to make some really, really awesome connections. We've got about 150 people RSVP'd in a pretty decent waiting list. So I'm super excited for that. And then March 27th will be our Loudon Collective Coffee at the Artistic Fuel Space above Rich Top Circle, which is, this is our first meeting in our home, our foreseeable future. Our new home. (laughs) Our new home. I mean, and I love going out, I call them field trips Uh around the county to like have our events at different venues because we get to spotlight different venues and we get to learn about all the different places. We never would have learned about the Waterford Pearl, which was awesome, but we're still going to do our field trips. It's just nice to have a base that we can go to that I don't have to scramble monthly to find a location. Right, right. And I think for the coffee, it's just because they are structured. They are monthly meetings, but definitely for happy hours or young professionals, we'll Mm -hmm. certainly be looking out for other spaces where we can host those events at. And then May 4th, Bubbles and Bling. We still have a few sponsorships left, but- I think we only have one. I I think it's only one. Yeah, I think that's what you guys were saying. But wow, this is- definitely going to be an event you don't want to miss out on. And our goal is 33,000. The reason our goal is 33,000 take home for specially adapted resource clubs is because their monthly bills are 11,000. Yep. So it's 11,000 a month to keep the doors open. And that's the one center. And that's that they the have one right center. And she's 
opening one in Alexandria. She's opening two, Arlington, two in Alexandria. And soon to be Loudon. So imagine that's what, 11,000 times four now? Yeah, it's expensive. And you know what? This is what I visualize. And I said this yesterday at the coffee and it, oh my gosh, I really need an artist to paint this or draw it. And I feel like it's in pencil. But um, so <laughs> anyway, I'm visualizing it's a big apartment complex. It's in grays. It's all in different shades of gray. Okay. But the lighter part is is the light coming from inside the windows because we can see inside the windows. And there's TVs on in all of these apartment complexes. And the specially, our special friends who are in the wheelchairs and in some way needing special resources like that are parked in front of the TV while there's all these kids outside playing basketball or like hanging out on the corner. And that's what happens with this population. They are graduating to the couch. Mm -hmm. And in Alexandria, once these two new locations come out, all these people, the lights are going to come on. I love it. And you're going to see them outside and you're going to see them going back and forth, hustling back and forth to see their friends at the community center. You're going to see that. them having art therapy and meeting up with their friends and having a good time and spending every day of the week, all day being engaged. Yeah. So they don't even know. They don't even know what's about to happen in Alexandria once Debbie Alexander hits the streets because she is no joke. It's She's happening. She's incredible. And I had the pleasure of speaking to, to Debbie a little bit yesterday at the coffee and she's just amazed at everything that we're doing. And she's like, this is the best event ever that someone has done for Spark. And it's shocking. It's so shocking because they've been around for a while and they do such amazing things and just to her point yesterday right it's for that small population that people don't I'm shocked about. when when people say and I think that you might also feel this way sometimes but I feel shocked when somebody says this is the best event anybody ever did for us or we've been around for 40 years and you're the first person outside of ourselves that actually hosted an event yep. yeah. for us yeah I am just blown away by that yeah. why I don't understand it. So, you know, you might feel the same way sometimes when people are like, you're the first person that asked me that. Yeah. You're the first person that I felt comfortable and we know thousands of people. Yeah. yeah. So for me, it's, it's, it makes me feel like, hey, you know what? We're do what we're doing really matters. It really mm -hmm. does make a difference. I mean, it does. So you matter, everybody. You, never, you just don't know how much you matter. Yep. Exactly. You might be the only one actually helping somebody yep. ever. Um, but anyway, so we're super excited about Bubbles and Bling. Do we have anything so else? excited. Nope. That's it for now. So Stay we're going to pop over to the Kids Collective podcast where we did all the podcast interviews from the uh, Dulles Town Center Mall. We only have three left. Three left. Oh my gosh. So it's almost time to start those up again. So we recorded all these interviews with our young entrepreneurs mm -hmm. at the Dulles Town Center Mall during that vendor event over the summer. And we end our podcasts with one of those, but we only have three left. So we have to get busy on that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's pop over there. Hey, we're here at the Dulles Town Center Mall with the Social Collective's Kids Academy vendor event. And I am here with Colton and Andrew with Bobble Cakes Cookies. Can you tell us a little bit about your business, please, boys? Um, we started this summer um, 
a lawn care business, and we just grew into that. And then our mom bakes a lot, so she taught us how to bake, like, cakes, because she does a bakery at home. And then she taught us how to bake, and we started baking cookies. And then we came here, and then uh, that's it. So how did you get the name Bobble Cakes? How did you guys come up with that name? It was our cat's nickname. It was your cat's nickname? Mm-hmm. And so you decided to name your business after your cat's nickname? Yeah. That's cute. I love it. It's not his name, but it's his nickname. Okay. What's his real name? Jack. So you didn't like Jack's cookies? Mm, no. Okay. Really. <laughs> I like Bobble Cakes. So, but why do you call him Bobble Cakes? Um, I don't know. Just came up? Just a funny I name. love it. So how long have you guys been doing this? Um, this month. Oh, you're new. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, is this your first time at a vendor event selling? Yeah. yeah. And how did you like it? I really like it, actually. Did you guys sell something? Yeah. Yeah. Did you make some money? Mm. All right. What are you going to do with that money? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Save it? Yeah. Probably. Okay. So tell me, guys, what is your favorite thing about being young entrepreneurs? Um, mostly the selling. And by coming to these things, and uh, well, that's, that's really great because a lot of people really enjoy the creation and not the selling. So I think it's amazing that you like the selling part. How about you, Colton? Learning. What do you What do you think you're learning? How to sell stuff. You guys are salesmen. I like it. That's a really important part of um, having a business that a lot of, not a lot of people enjoy or understand. So that's great, guys. Well, thank you so much for being here today. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye. Okay, so we're back. Um, I guess now we only have two left, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's how it works. That's, that's, that's how math works, right? <laughs> well, I don't really know. It's a rumor. Um, <laughs> I just want to give a plug to Colleen because I I don't think I, – I know you – kind of grasp it, but I'm not quite sure you understand the personality that you are in this town and what you bring to the table. I know you have some idea of it, but not quite sure you understand how other people see you. Well, thank you. And I'm looking forward to having you at our conference. Thank you. I'm looking forward to having you to speak to our our team about culture and mental health awareness and how to be open and speak up about it. Thank you so much. Thank you for being on our podcast. And I hope that anybody who has a small business, a medium business, a big business, or an event coming up that you will not separate mental health discussions from your business. I think it's integrated. We're a human business. Humans don't leave it at the door. So we need to talk about it. And if I can real quick, I always, whenever I finish anything, I just want to talk straight to the people who are listening. If you're somebody listening right now who's struggling with Uh, thoughts of suicide, self-harm, alcoholism, drug abuse, or you just feel so incredibly alone or isolated, I just really want to encourage you to reach out to me. I promise I am a safe space. You can reach me on any or all the socials. You can, you know, just ask Lisa, just be like, hey, how do I get in in contact with Colleen? I won't judge you. I'm here for you. And I just want you to know you matter. And if you could just give us another day, give us another hour and, and just realize how important you are. So... Love that. And they can find you on Finding the Fantastic. Yeah. You're Finding the Fantastic podcast. How can they? Is that on um, Spotify? Yep. On any of the podcasts. Okay. All right. Well, I guess that's it. Thanks, guys. 
Thank right. you. Bye. So go out. So go out. <laughs>